0: On this episode of The Big O Podcast, I'm joined by Stefan Stepien and Stephanie Tufexis of the Harvey Callas Real Estate Brokerage to discuss the current state of the real estate market in the midst of COVID-19. We talk about some of the incentives for first-time home buyers, some mistakes people make before closing on their purchase, current mortgage rates in Canada, and how they've been able to utilize social media to really push their listings to a new audience. This is The Big O Podcast. I am joined by our returner to the show, Stefan Stepien of Harvey Kallis Real Estate, and his partner, Stephanie Tufexis, who's going to be joining us to bring a different perspective than we had on the first time that I had Stefan on. Stefan, Stephanie, how are you guys doing today?
1: Good. How are you?
2: Fantastic. Thank you for having us on.
0: No problem. No problem. Listen, we, uh, we've we been talking about doing this for a little bit of time now, and we've been, uh, at least I've been lucky enough to have gone through the process with you guys. And in about 10 days from now, we'll be closing on hopefully our forever home. And you guys were integral part of that. And when we were going through the process, this was kind of like the first time where I was dealing with something. This is not the first time I bought a house, but I was way more involved in this process for a variety of different reasons. And Stefan, you know, we went to high school together and Stephanie, I used to babysit one of your best friends and used to come and hang out. And so it's funny because this was like a very different type of team that we sort of had working. We were more family rather than just, you know, someone who's selling and buying a house for us. And so that's really what I find with the Harvey Callis real estate brand is that you guys don't look at your clients as just, you know, numbers of people like you really get in-depth into getting to know them, how do you sort of, you know, get that engagement with people that you're trying to find forever homes for?
1: I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, the Harvey Callis brand has been around for over five decades and it is a family-driven business. I mean, their son, Michael, is our CEO and, you know, he treats us all like family members and that's the kind of business that Stephanie and I are trying to get in uh, for ourselves right now is that, you know, it's not just a numbers game for us. You know, we want to get to be where we know everything about the person that we're working with. And, you know, as we saw in your case, you know, we got to have lunches together and hang out with your kids. And, you know, yeah. it's just and an important thing because this is such a big process for people. And we want them to make it as easy for them as possible on every end. And uh, I think if you get to know them a little bit better than just treating it like a general transaction, uh, it makes it that much smoother.
0: For sure. Yeah,
2: and... I think for Stefan and I, we try and really back our brand and we're so proud of the brand that we do work for. So we're so happy that we were able to help you and your wife and and start this new chapter for you guys.
0: Yeah, it was definitely an exciting time. It was definitely, you know, a process when it comes to both buying and selling when it's not just one thing, but it's, you know, it's multiple things and, and looking at different and creative ways to buy as well. And I'm hoping that's something that we can sort of get into because I know, you know there are so many different things that you guys do, whether it's you know, leasing or buying or selling. Like You guys have this huge umbrella that you guys sort of take care of under the Harvey Callis brand and real estate brokerage. Um, and it also means that you guys also get to work with other amazing people such as like mortgage brokers or, again, you find very creative ways to sort of make things happen. Now, based on where we are with COVID-19, you know, how did that affect you guys? Did it affect you the way that you thought it would? Or did things sort of, you know, change and work up better than you had anticipated?
2: Yeah, Stephanie and I were lucky because we were pretty busy this whole time. Uh, We had to adapt our business quite a bit. And there's a lot of protocols that went into place. But we were really lucky. We were able to get a few transactions done for some essential clients. And and it worked out well and you know we didn't have too many showings but the few showings we did have ended up selling the houses and and we were lucky in that in regards to the market we're seeing a lot of the condo market is really struggling um we're down about 16.3 percent year over year and our months of inventory is up which means that we have a lot of inventory on the market so there's so so much available under 600 square feet so I mean, COVID just changed everything. I think that people's perspectives have completely changed in regards to what they want for their families. And um, we're still seeing the real estate market busy because I think that a lot of people spent that time during quarantine. People had a lot of time to think. And a lot of people made changes instantly now that the market has opened back up and and um, restrictions have been relaxed. So we're still seeing the market extremely hot because... You know, the Muskoka market is up 800%. It's unbelievable because people are realizing that they want that space. They don't know when they're going to go travel again. They don't know when they're going to go on a trip again. So they want to spend that income on something in Ontario that they can go to frequently rather than waiting for a once or twice a year trip.
0: And that's an interesting thing because especially now with the climate of, of people losing their jobs and being on CERB. I mean, it definitely has affected things, whether it's like their mortgage rates, what people are getting approved for. But when we went through the process, I mean, our, the inventory of the houses that we got to see was a little bit more limited than what it probably would have been. But it also means that for those who are ready to buy, you know, if you're ready to go and you have everything, you know, set, you have your pre-approval, you have whatever you need, you could really benefit from you know, buying and selling in this time, as long as you have everything sort of lined up. Now, when it comes to like first time home buyers, you know, I know some people are a little bit nervous about what they want to do, but there are some great like incentives that first time home buyers are getting. Is that something that you're, you know, trying to walk through with people and, and really encourage, you know, for them when they're looking to buy a house?
2: Yeah. So there's a few things that we show our clients, specifically buyers, when they're going to buy their first home. Um, We have a land transfer tax rebate. So you're looking at a maximum of $8,475 back on any purchase over $370,000 in Ontario, which we all know isn't that hard to do. Um, (laughs) So that's a fantastic incentive because in Toronto you're pl- you're paying municipal and provincial land transfer tax, so right. it does help quite a bit for a lot of people. Um, the CRA also has their own first-time home buyers plan. You know, you're looking at at least thirty five thousand dollars for some people to be able to wow. pull from their RRSPs, and it's repayable within fifteen years. It's fantastic. A lot of our clients have actually used it. Um, And yeah, we just, we want to show our clients all of the options that they do have when they're going through the first time home buying process, because it is difficult and it is scary. And uh, it's important that there are incentives in place to help out first time home buyers because it is an expensive market and you want as many people to be homeowners as possible. It's great for your own equity. and, And yeah, it's fantastic.
0: And that was one of the things that when we bought our first house together, uh, my wife and I, is that, you know, we we, we were looking for a place to live and we had just come out of an apartment and we were sort of staying with my in-laws for a little bit. And then we were looking to get into another apartment. We were expecting our first child. And when we were looking at it, like rent was 26, like $2,800 for like a a, a three bedroom or like a two bedroom apartment for where we wanted. And at that point, it's like, why are we putting that kind of money into renting a property when we can start to look at something that's going to give us some equity? Of course. And we didn't we didn't think we were ready for it, and and we jumped into it. And you know, we're very you know happy with with the decision that we made. But it's definitely if you don't have that team or people around you that can sort of educate you in the right direction, as opposed to just jumping at the first thing that comes available. You know, you could definitely be in some trouble. And I know obviously with, with COVID, some people are, are running into that issue because of, you know, them losing their jobs or, um, you know, making less through CERB than they would have if they were actually working in person. And that's a, and that obviously will affect something like a pre-approval, for example, what are, what are you seeing? Do you have any clients that are on serve and, and sort of what are they dealing with when it comes to purchasing a, a property at this point?
1: For me right now, I mean, I have a couple of clients that I've through friends of friends have called me and, you know, these are just simple leases. And these are the problems, right, where, you know, over the last, you know, three, four years, it's been a landlord's market where they could control the rent uh, and put it up as high as they want. I mean, you're seeing one bedrooms going for twenty four, twenty five hundred downtown in the core. And now you're seeing all these condos sitting vacant because people can't afford them. Yeah. Um, the issue that we're facing is that the way that you're still going to apply to get a condo, uh, under the lease process is the exact same where they're still going to want to see your last two pay stubs, letter of employment. And the issue you're going to face for some of these things right now is that if you haven't been working for four or five months, uh, the landlords are going to be a little bit hesitant to allow you to stay there because you know, on 2000 a month, if your rent's 2200, even if there's two of you collecting that not enough money to go around uh that would substantiate you staying in some of these places and i think just on the bigger scale of people that have been living downtown um i think they probably expedited the process of moving into a house a little bit quicker than they would have thought they were going to uh whether it was a two three or four year plan it's become immediate now so you're seeing a lot of people who have realized now that if they don't have to work downtown or they can work from home uh they're moving to the outskirts of the gta so whether it's Pickering, Ajax, Burlington, Hamilton, even in the areas where Stephanie I've sold in Birchcliffe-Cliffside, where you've seen a 17.8% jump this year. Um, and people would never have thought to have lived there before, but now developers are moving out there, they're acquiring properties for a lot cheaper, and they're building these beautiful homes, and now people are starting to you know, change their family dynamic a little bit and their mental thought process of where they want to live. And um, so it, it's changed greatly, but it's I feel like a lot of people are just, they're kind of going on the fly right now because we all are in a sense, right? right? It's We're just finding yeah, out day by sure. day about what's happening. And, you know, as cases spike somewhere else, they may lower somewhere else. And so for Stephanie and I, we're still trying to just figure that out right now and trying to, you know, make sure that we can put people in the right direction.
2: Yeah, one other thing I just wanted to mention is that, you know, in regards to people collecting CERB, 18% of people that lost their jobs were actually able to afford a home pre-COVID. So... The amount of buyers wow. that we did lose through COVID, yeah, we lost that 18 percent, but it we didn't see a huge hit in regards to buyers and sellers in the market. Uh, that's wow. just that's one little tidbit that, you know, only 18 percent of people that lost their jobs. The majority of them were people that had part-time work and they were low-income earners.
0: Right. Interesting. So, throughout this podcast, Stephanie is going to be the stat girl. She's <laughs> going to throw some stats, we, which, which is fine. You know, and listen, number, numbers are outside. important, especially when it. Exactly. Well, it's, it's interesting because numbers are a huge part of this, right? Like, yeah. you can't just go in and say, okay, listen, I want to buy a million dollar house or a, a $600,000 condo without really knowing the, the numbers behind everything. Right. Like, Stephen, like you mentioned earlier, you know, paste ups, T4s. Um, you're going to have to show a lot of money now and and we realized that going through this process that covid really changed things from the first time that we bought a house so the last time you know you go into a bank you get a pre approval based on what your annual income is for you know last year and then your two current pay stubs and that was pretty much it they put it into a computer the computer will analyze this credit check boom 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 you have your pre-approval now with covid things have changed quite a bit They're requiring way more information because, you know, people are losing their jobs or people are making less money. There's uncertainty with what is happening, what is opening, what's not opening, what's closing again. And when we ran through this, it was definitely way more nerve wracking. Now, when we were trying to figure out what this process was going to look like, the thing that we got sort of caught up with is, you know, when we're making offers, there's a lot of paperwork that goes into buying a house and what made us nervous with having two kids and everything essentially being shut down at that point when we're starting our process is how are we going to meet up with two people who don't live near us to sign paperwork to go and put an offer in. And the one thing that I think COVID did that maybe changed the game a little bit and who knows if it's something that will continue to happen once we get to it like our, our new normal is signing documents on the internet and having sort of like the, you know, the click to fill in this box and the signature or initial. And we found that process extremely easy and way more, you know, accommodating and made us more comfortable with the whole thing. What do you think moving forward is going to be the process? Are you going to go back to that way of still having to do all of that paper signing? Or do you think that this is sort of bringing on a new wave of technology to, you know, just help add to the, to the real estate game moving forward?
2: Yeah, we love using the online, we call it authentic. It's, it's so convenient. And the point of our job is to make our clients life easy. It's such a stressful process, no matter how hard we work to make it not a stressful process. Even once we get to the point of you putting in an offer, you're stressed, you're worried, you want it to get accepted. Um, So there's A few things that we can do to make it less stressful and we love the online signing process because yeah you live you know with good traffic you live about 45 (laughs) minutes away from my house and to have to drive all the way out there for two initials it's not worth it you can be out at work you can be you know considering that this wouldn't be happening you can be at the park you can be anywhere in the world and you can sign these documents Uh, it's made our lives a lot easier. And I think that it will stay around for a long time, the future is technology. So it will definitely be for around sure. for a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I know Stefan was the one who was consistently making it out to Mississippi, even <laughs> for like one off. So, I mean, obviously there are certain things that you can advance through yeah. technology and there are certain things that you're still going to have to do. I mean, you can do a virtual tour, but if you're looking to buy a house, you're going to have to get up and go. I mean we saw it we saw some places that had some decent pictures and then you get there and it's like what am what am I looking at yeah. like it's a it's a completely different you know thing and you know yeah wires hanging off the ceiling you have tiles that are missing you have a room that looks like it's from Saw 4 Rancid I house. mean it's yeah it's <laughs> people 12 people living in a basement <laughs> that you don't anticipate going in. I mean, I feel like this process, you got to see it all. But I mean, there are certain things that, you know, technology is definitely going to advance, you know, the, the putting in an offer and signing and all of that is going to be fantastic. Um, but even things like putting in a deposit, even that has changed with the the wire, wire transfer, transfer yeah. right? You know, before you didn't necessarily have to do that. But now, because there is so much uncertainty, the easiest way is through that wire transfer process. You know, what are some things that you think or you would like to see implemented through this process moving forward that you think might make life a little bit easier um, even when, you know, COVID sort of gets figured out?
1: I think for me, you know, with the authentic sign, I mean, Stephanie's so well versed at it. I'm one of the old school guys who would drive to get the signature (laughs) just because that's what I like to (laughs) do. Because I feel like if there's a technological glitch, then it's like, okay. But I mean, for 99.9% of the time, it, it's within 10 seconds, both signatures, it's back to us. It's done and it saves that right. time. Um, I think I've seen some of the virtual open houses and I just, for me, it just doesn't work because there is no replacement of human touch and human element being in the house and, and figuring out uh, how you can visualize your family living there. Um, yeah. So that's the one thing I just don't think is ever going to change. I think it's going to have to change for the you know next year or so with regards to i know they're slowly doing open houses but it's just it's right. not going to be like it used to where you know stephanie and i would go to an open house and there was 50 groups in the house at the same time
0: i mean yeah it's it's not a house party anymore like like who you would have seen before it's so going es- to be some restrictions Essentially,
1: like it's going to be at a mall where you walk in there now and there's six foot here six foot here six foot there right um Makes sense. Honestly, on my end, I don't really want to see anything change the way that it's done right now. Um, I think that right. this is just bringing a certain sense of awareness to a lot of people where, like you said, something as similar as the deposit check. I remember back in the day yeah. uh, when I was doing industrial, I went and picked up a million dollar check, certified yeah. million dollar check. I was like, OK, here it is. Right. But nowadays, you know, as you saw, um, it's just ding, ding, done it's wired in it's wired out yeah. and i think for yeah. you guys having little kids and especially with the state of the way it is right now with coronavirus this is just so much safer and i think that just makes sure. it easier for you guys and for any other clients so
0: i mean one of the, one of the things that i definitely see that we benefited from because of you guys was not having to deal with banks directly because the the other process of that is going to you know the four or five different financial institutions having to book an appointment, having to bring all of the same things that you've done with every other bank before that and provide the financial statements and then have them run it and then you're going to get different rates based on what they're going to offer to you. The thing that you guys brought was working with a uh, mortgage brokerage or what, what, what what would Mike's company be called?
1: Mortgage Consultant
0: mortgage consultant perfect. So mortgage consultant where we deal with one person who then does all of the legwork through that process. And that made life significantly easier for us because we left it with him. He negotiated, he got to work with regular lenders like banks and he got to work with some other lenders that aren't banks but deal with things like mortgages or home equity lines of credit. And because of that process, in again we talk about taking the burden off of the customer, the person looking for it, where we say, listen, Stefan and Stephanie, you look for the houses. This is our budget. Mike is going to be able to dictate what that budget is based on our financial information. You send it once and then you're sort of done and you wait to hear back. That process made life significantly easier for us. And then also your knowledge, Stefan, And I'm going to give you credit for this because it's definitely not something that we even thought of before. This process and that is again creative ways when it comes to lending and something like a home equity line of credit not something that we ever heard of not something we ever knew of because of that you bringing that to the table it put us in a position to you know for an advantage and that's the kind of thing that that you want to look for I mean there are tons of people who want to real estate I mean you look on Facebook or Instagram or or the internet and everyone is a real estate agent but one of the things that you guys bring is that extra little tidbit of knowledge that I know for sure. With our previous agent, who was a, an amazing guy, a little bit old school, maybe would not have known right. about those type of advantages. And so, again, I'm a big fan of the Harvey Calles <laughs> brand. I mean, because I, you know, I love myself some Michael, and I love myself some Goody, and you know, you have a, a great team that's sort right. of working there. But because you have that sort of familial bond between you guys. I mean you guys will bounce different things. And Stephanie, I don't want to feel like I'm shortchanging you at all (laughs) through this process. I mean, if if we had to rely on paperwork from Stefan, I know I would still be looking for a house as it is right now. Um, I would agree with that. And so so whether it's, you know, contacting other agents uh late at night or on the weekend or whenever, like you guys really sort of brought that you can call us at any time and we'll we'll get it we'll get it done. Now with COVID, obviously there are, you know, some changes that have sort of come with the whole process, but are there any sort of mistakes that you're seeing people make before they close on, on properties that they're purchasing?
2: Yeah. We always want to keep our clients knowledgeable. We, we right. don't sell, we educate. And that's something that has right. really resonated with Stefan and I. We want to educate our clients. We want our clients to understand what we're explaining to them. Um, and when it comes to explaining and knowledge also comes as keeping them aware of the specific things to avoid when you're in the process right. of getting your free <laughs> approval and closing on your house. Uh, you don't want to go buy a car. You don't want to go make some huge purchase. Right. Um, you know, don't switch banks. Don't get anybody to pull your credit. Uh, you know, who knows what's gonna come up and it's gonna ding your score. Try and stay yeah. very low from point of getting your pre approval to the point of closing. Live within your means, don't make any large purchases, wait for your major purchases if you have the <laughs> funds to do it after closing. Just let the bank know what's going on, no surprises. And everything should close
0: perfectly fine. It's funny you say that because Mike gave me that advice. You know, when we're waiting for our closing date, which is coming up soon, he said, you know, one of the things that you want to make sure is that when you take on this mortgage with your new bank, you're going to be, you need to be careful that you don't want to do anything that's going to disrupt it, just like you mentioned. yeah. And sure enough, we're in the process of, okay, we're moving to a bigger house. So there are going to be different things that we're going to need for instance furniture so we go and we're looking at furniture and we purchase furniture (laughs) and we get to this point where we max out or get we get close to maxing out a credit card like we haven't maxed it out but we're getting close because you know things like couches and and tables and all that kind of stuff like we we, you want to make sure that you know you have your home let's furnish it now and so we were coming close where we almost pretty much had everything, but there may have been a chance where we could have been right up against the limit. So I called the credit card company and I was like, listen, this is where we are. You know, we're close. You know, if we're looking at like a credit limit increase, for instance, you know, what would that look like? And we were six days away. It's funny, six days away from the, from the six month mark of getting a credit increase. And he said, "Well, we can do it. We just have to run a credit check." And in that moment, nope. I'm just having <laughs> like the flashing light go off in my head, and I'm like, "Funny how you know Stephanie and I weren't just... told this story." Oh, of course not, because uh, well, nothing happened, so there was nothing really to tell. Yeah. Um, but at that point, I, I remember, I'm like, "All right, this is what they told me. Exactly. I don't want anything coming up to the bank and surprising them, where they're all of a sudden going to withdraw or change." the the you know the the circumstances of of how they're lending their mortgage so we decided to okay listen we're gonna we're gonna hold off we're gonna wait until we're ready to go we don't want to max anything out or increase anything or run any credit checks but it's funny because if you don't give that education and it's something simple that honestly you could forget to tell them exactly because in your mind you know But you also don't know necessarily if your clients are going to go out and buy a new car or buy furniture or max out credit cards or look for credit limits because, you know, they're excited or need to do these things. And you could honestly forget. But by not forgetting and and telling that, you saved me from potentially running into issues. And I'm sure other clients as well where we remember in the back of our mind when that light goes off, be careful what you're doing because you don't want to screw anything up. And so, you know, it's it's really, it's, it's important to know, it's important to, to have that education. And that's one thing, I mean, communication is always key. Yeah. Um, and the interesting part between you guys is that normally, or I don't wanna say normally, but with previous experience, you usually deal with one person. Right. You guys obviously are working as a team. How did that teamwork come together? And how was that working for you guys?
1: It's a very good question um we started at harvey callous roughly around the same time um and there was about you know five or six uh young group young people coming into the office at the same time obviously Goody had worked there and so we kind of all started integrating and you know we had group lunches together and and then stephanie and i just started you know bouncing some ideas off each other um just before the new year Uh, I'd say November or December, and no, I had a deal that was starting and she came in on it and then we kind of just, you know, started going to lunches and then she got introduced to one of my friends that owns a restaurant and then we did a deal with him and then it kind of just, you know, and she started kind of just coming along with me and I was joining her and other things that we were doing and it started just organically growing and then we got our first sale and then it kind of just kept going and and the funny thing is is that uh our first major deal that we got together was the first day of coronavirus i'll never forget that they're like i remember we signed the deal and our office shut down and i was like (laughs) oh no but you know what um i think the best thing about us working together is that we just we're two very different people on so many things. I mean, yes, we're very similar with the way that we interact with each other, but I think, you know, when it comes down to business, you know, I do business a certain way other than Stephanie and vice versa. But I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is, is that when we're both at different places, we know that we're both representing each other um, as how we would want to. And I think that is something that you can't fake. You can't duplicate. You cannot force. Right. It's just, you know, just, pure and utter trust that we have for each other. We talk to each other all the time. Sometimes it's Pretty nice much. when we don't talk to each other. Yep. <laughs> um, but the one thing I will say that was, is, is a great thing about having a partner is, is that it, other than being a part of the Harvey Callis brand is that we've really encompassed the whole one-stop-shop theory. Whether when right. you and I were just chatting about or all of us were chatting about, you know, having Michael and Callum Ross on board, as well as an HVAC technician, a roofer, a home stager, All of these things that we have, and especially during coronavirus, it just alleviates so much stress for our clients because any questions they have, Stephanie can answer the phone or if I don't know, I call her or if she doesn't know, she calls me and we get the answer for the client instantaneously. So I think that's been the nicest thing about having a partner for sure.
0: Shout out your camera guy, by the way. Oh, yeah, Gary. Incredible Gary. dude. Gary's the, and Gary's the best. Gary's the best. Yeah, Gary <laughs> Gary was a, was like a bat out of hell. Came in, ran rough shot, yelled at me a couple times to get I'm out sure. of the way. And then within like a few hours, it was done and it looked completely, completely beautiful. Now, Stefan, uh, you, you bring a very interesting perspective because, you know, in this podcast, you're very polite. You're very, uh, you know, because my mom is going to watch this. Okay, here we go. Um, but, I mean, you know, sometimes you're going to run into things. You know, it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. It's not always going to be, you know, good times. There's going to be miscommunication. There's going to be a disconnect somewhere. I'm going to throw this to Stephanie. You know, Stephanie, what are some of the challenges of working with such a handsome man like Stephanie?
2: <laughs> what yeah. challenges aren't there? I'm looking for some <laughs> Perfect. less Let's get into challenging that now. times.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: It. I'm just kidding. I'm just pulling your leg. No, Um He's a great partner. We, I mean, were you really looking for the negatives?
0: No, I just, (laughs) I wanted to hear your perspective, you know, what your relationship is.
2: No, um, (laughs) look, a partnership is hard. Like any relationship, personal work, they're difficult and, and you have your ups and downs and you need to learn each other and feel each other out and really get to know each other. Um, and to be honest, I feel like we're still getting to know each other. Um we've sure. done a lot of business together now, but the fantastic thing about having a partner is there's just always somebody to answer the phone. Always. Right. And this business can be really lonely, and I was worried about that before I got into real estate. I thought what am I going to do? Like every day I'm going to go to the office and I'll have my coworkers and my colleagues there, but you have to keep everything hush hush, right? You know, your business and your right. clients and your clients names are all You know, it's a small world. And especially at Callus, everybody's clients know everybody's agents. Um, So I was worried it was going to be a really lonely career until I stumbled across, yes, this handsome partner that I have (laughs) chosen to work with. But uh, it's fantastic. Our clients can call and either of us will answer. Unfortunately, that's a problem in this industry is a lot of agents are really busy. You call your agent and they can't get back to you until six PM the next day. If right. they can't get through to Stefan, they can get through to me. And and we
0: and Yeah. I think I think that's interesting because it works from two perspectives, right? If you're buying something, you always want to be making sure that you can reach your agent or agents in that matter. But if you're selling your property, you want to make sure that your agents are reachable by other people as well. And I know we ran into some of the issues where we either had questions or wanted to get into places. And I know Stefan had trouble reaching people to get information on the property they're trying to sell and so again singing the praises of you guys if it's not one person the other person is able to you know answer the call or be there and facilitate that information because when you're selling a property and i'll, I'll talk from experience it can be a little bit stressful it can be challenging when people aren't coming to see your property or there are tons of people who have questions and maybe they're not being answered i reached out to somebody on stefan's favorite app the realtor (laughs) app and um i was i i had a question about condo fees and so you know you go on the app and it says you know email this person and i did that and three and a half weeks later (laughs) i got an email back but the funny part is the email didn't address the question that i had asked the email was just saying thank you for showing interest what can i do for you please write me back automated. And I'm thinking, yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking from a customer service perspective, one, the timeline is just ridiculous Two, if you're <laughs> setting up somewhere where you can ask a question, why would you not answer that question right. rather than have them have to write back to you again later on? It just didn't make sense yeah. to me. So I, I know apps and things can be a little bit tricky and we don't always like them because, you know, you want to see something that's already sold conditional or, you know, it's actually not on the market anymore. There's so many challenging things. But when it comes to selling properties, you guys as a team use social media very well. You know, is that your strong suit, Stefan, or is that more of a Stephanie thing? That's
1: all Stephanie. Um, <laughs> my Instagram yeah. page was bad from the get-go, and she fixed it. But I think the most important thing I was just going to say just before we get to that is, is that this is a nasty industry. And when you have two yeah. instead of one, we can protect the clients twice as twice as quickly and we can go to bat for you. And, right. and you've seen it with your properties, you know, even something yeah. as simple as, you know, an open or someone going to your house at the wrong time on the wrong day. And they didn't know that you had kids or anything, yeah. but that's not the issue. The issue is, is that they went right No, for sure. Then Stephanie calls and then I call to yell. So now you have two of us at the same time, right? right? Which works in a lot, a lot of people's favors, because like you said, with the realtor app, um, it's just so generic. And for, to, na- for to sure. now go into the social media, I think for Stephanie, the way that she's created our Instagram and our Facebook pages is not only is it accessible to send an inbox message there, but you can email us. We put our phone numbers on there. We're not, it's not Harvey Callis's phone number. You can call Harvey Callis and they'll call mm-hmm. us right away. Right. But it's our direct cell phone numbers yeah. because if something goes wrong, Stephanie and I want to be accountable for this. It's not, sure. oh, where did this go awry? You know, and mm-hmm. and Stephanie and I are both very quick to be like, "Did you do this? Yeah, I did, or I did not." Okay, well, how do we fix this? And let's go through. And obviously, we're right. giving you the nice, nice way of how this goes because you know, <laughs> for sure. real estate's an ugly business. I don't want to lie to you. You know, screaming and yelling, and and but not on us, just at other people. And it happens. It's for it's sure. a lot of money. It's a lot of stress. As you saw, there's some days where you know your your place, for example, had no showings for five days, and then for three days yeah. there was ten of them. Yeah. So the ebbs and flows go. And I think the way that we've been able to situate our marketing, I have, obviously, there's people with much more experience than us. But I think for people where we are in our career, we've really done a great job of, you know, showcasing what we've been able to do. and, And the numbers have now started to substantiate that where we've been able to break records and sell places really quickly and use somebody like Gary to do a professional job on any size deal
0: yeah, and yeah.
1: I think that's the great thing that Stephanie and I've been able to do on the social media aspect. Um, so, I mean, for us I, it's been it's been fantastic on that end,
2: yeah. And even one of our properties that we sold, it was in the end of May. We all we had during Covid was social media because, you know, right. we were worried about sending out flyers and, Ultimately we just had it on the exclusive market. We didn't even bother putting it on the MLS and wasting the days on the market because we didn't really think that it was gonna be busy. So we threw up a sign on the lawn and right. we just tried social media. And with our with that specific property, we had about a hundred thousand individual views. So a hundred thousand individual people saw the property. We started about 50 conversations because I recorded everything I really wanted to see our statistics from this we started about 50 conversations whether it's inbox phone calls emails and we actually sold the property through one of those inquiries in four days on market so we ended up putting it on on the market and we sold it in four days to a lovely couple so it's incredible how social media works and we've been very lucky and now You know, we're kind of moving with social media, but as things are easing up with our few properties, we're starting flyer campaigns, sending out flyers for our just listed, just sold. You want to get your name out in these specific neighborhoods that you're selling in because people want to see what's selling. And then even if they aren't interested in buying or selling, again, we're there for knowledge. If somebody sees, oh, that house that we did drive by, it ended up going on the market. Let's see how much it got sold for. Once they see this old uh, flyer. So they'll give us a call. And it's not always about trying to get business out of everybody. And I don't look at it like that. Right. I want to be there to educate whoever calls me. And sometimes people just call to inquire. Some people just want you to come by and give them a market evaluation. And that's our job. Our job isn't always to sell properties, but just to educate people on real estate so that they can make those decisions a little bit further down the road once they are ready.
0: It's interesting you say that because... Another experience that we had, not with purchasing this time, but uh, in between when we were at our apartment looking for another home, um, we ran into, we went to see a few real estate agents and everyone just seemed to want to get our signature down on a piece of paper rather than really hear what we wanted. It was like, yeah, listen based on what you're saying and your numbers and this and yada 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 just but just sign <laughs> here so that oh this is just exclusive that you're going to only be with us for you know 3 or 6 months or, wh- or whatever it was and we found it was it was not a great experience because this this guy that we had was you know bully offer um going with your max budget every single time uh taking us to areas that we did not want mm-hmm. and there's nothing more frustrating than being with an agent that just doesn't seem to get you yeah and also doesn't seem to know what he is doing we ended up driving accidentally on the 407 following this guy for like 15 kilometers (laughs) because and he took us to a house that was for another client oh nice it wasn't for us that's the best (laughs) great so so we prior to this experience we didn't necessarily have the best luck we know we're very happy with the house that that we're currently living in and and even happier with the house that we are going into. But I mean, from a customer service perspective, again, the, the Harvey cows real is more of like a a family style business. Yeah. Um, or at least family style approach to things, you know, and, and knowing Cal, like I mentioned before, I mean, that guy is pro family, you know, 110%. Like that guy is, uh, You know he's he's everyone's dad he's everyone's best friend like that's just the way it is whether it's you know again you're a guy on the street a guy you're playing tennis he's playing tennis with or or someone who's trying to do a deal he wants the best for them and you guys really encompass that in your business now again if we have people who want to look into these you know buying or leasing or or selling their properties if you had like a, a sales pitch that you said you know. This is why we are a little bit different outside of things that you have already mentioned today. You know, what would some of those points be that, you know, separate you from the pack?
1: Well, if you look at it from just the simple perspective of what you said about the realtor.ca thing is that people, I know people (laughs) say they do get back to you, but we've seen it time and time again. I mean, I remember I sent an agent who works in the beaches six months ago an email and he's a very well-known agent. I've still yet to hear back from him. (laughs) And I think that I know a lot of people say that, but I mean, really, it is true. And you and I talked about this on the first podcast. When you work for a family and they're your family, you want to go to bat for your family. And that's how we treat our clients. We want to go to bat for them, whether it's getting them the right mortgage approval, whether it's finding the right school district for their kids, whether it's the transit system that they need. You know, it's not just about and this is so important that Stephanie does remind me a lot about sometimes but it's it's the education factor of that you know let's think about so much more about an area rather than just the home because if you have a great home in an area that makes no sense nobody's happy and i think for you know on your guys end you know we got somewhere that had close proximity um the transit system worked it was you know and these things are very important to people and you know i feel like for a lot of agents they just do the deal for the sake of doing the deal and they want their commission and they want to leave but for us, we want to make sure that we keep this business referral, referral system for a long time. And it's important that you know, we have people like you and your wife and your kids that you know, respect the work that we do. And, and it shows sure. in the efforts that we do put in. And that's what I think a lot of different – I, I separates Stephanie and I, I think, from a lot of people is that we're very hands-on. And we want to know everything about you guys before we make the decision because sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's okay as long as we can educate you. But for the most part, people get along with us and, you know, then we get to able to actually find them the home that they're looking for. and, And at the end, they're really happy.
2: Yeah. And the other thing I think that sets us apart is we're both very young, relatively. Right. you not so much yeah. me a little bit more <laughs> you're, you're kind of moving to the side of not being young anymore but we are young and we have a young approach to our business and we're really right. trying to again with the social media thing a lot of the older agents they don't utilize social media as well as you know Stefan and I can and sending out Facebook campaigns right. and getting things sold specifically and only using Facebook Um Right. That's that's just one little thing that I think also sets us apart is people are nervous to use younger agents, but you don't need to. I mean, we have we don't have the years of experience, but when we, when you get hired for a company like Harvey Callis. We've been given years and years and years of experience in the very short time that we've been there. And, you know, we're so lucky for that and we're so lucky to work for that brand. They've given us so much education, so much knowledge, and we're able to go out and act like agents that have been in the business for five years, ten years, because we have the knowledge base from the best agents in the industry.
1: And they call. we can call them anytime, by the way. Sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, like, that was the other thing I was going to say about Harvey Callis is that, like, Stephanie and I become friends with some of the top agents there. And, you know, most of the time they wouldn't give people the time of day. Stephanie and I call them all the time. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, we have a quick question for you. No problem. Never a problem. They never complain, they're always there to help us. And, you know, there are certain aspects of new real estate where you're learning on the fly about certain things that only somebody with 20 to 30 years of experience would have. And then, you know, it's a redirect, and that's the same thing about Michael, right? With Michael, you call Michael, he answers.
0: 100%. I'm sure he does. He doesn't seem like a guy who doesn't, I mean, (laughs) with with as busy as he is, he still makes time for for everybody, which is is incredible. I mean, he is a a truly spectacular man. He is. Um, Now, getting into um market or sorry mortgage rates now obviously for anyone who's been following along for the last few months you know coronavirus really did a big thing and hammered down those interest rates the Bank of Canada has gone super super low and it's sort of at its uh, at its lowest I think they said they're not gonna go any lower now obviously you're, you're gonna look at two things like a fixed or variable rate you know, what are you guys seeing right now with, you know, which one people are choosing and, and why are they choosing those ones?
2: Yeah, what I think is crazy is that the Bank of Canada went on record and said that, you know, interest rates are going to be this low for a very long time, which right. is a great thing. And I think that that's going to save our market. I don't, again, we always say we don't have a crystal ball because we cannot give you any sort of answer of what's going to happen in a few months. But (laughs) to see that the Bank of Canada is saying, look, we're going to keep it at this rate. One thing to think about is people that lost their jobs, let's say in March, and they're only just getting back on their feet now. The banks are really, really, really being tough on people that were collecting CRB like really tough. Right. So yeah. uh, a lot of people lost their pre-approval from just taking it for a month or two. So right. what this is showing us is that you're actually able to have gone through rough times, okay? But you're also going to be able to capitalize on what's going to happen in the fall because these rates, they're saying, they're not changing for the foreseeable future. So if you needed to get back on your feet now, you have a few months, get back at your job, start working again, you got your full-time job back, hopefully you're making your full salary, and in a few months from now, that deposit that you had saved up, or the down payment, sorry, for the spring market, you're now going to be able to use in the fall market, which is incredible. Like, when mortgage rates you know, go up and down, typically they're for a shorter period of time, but it's going to be people that lost their job in the spring. They're still, even if they can't go out and buy now, they're going to have the option to do it in the fall. So we're seeing fixed rates and conventional mortgages in and around the low two and high one percentages and variable rates are at the lowest they've ever been in history. And, and they're at approximately about 1.8%. So, It's a fantastic time to buy. And again, we're not just saying that to make a sale. It's important that people know that this is a great time, but it's also going to be a great time for the next few months in regards to purchasing property. Money's cheap right now at the bank, and it's something to really think about if you're looking to invest or if you're looking to just get into the market for the first time or even if you're just interested in refinancing. So many people are out there refinancing right now just because of the low rates or they had a variable rate and they're locking it in at a lower rate.
0: Now, one thing I wanted to get into for anyone who doesn't know any of, you know, variable or fixed, like what are, give a, just like a quick description of, of what those two things mean.
2: Yeah. So a fixed rate, you're looking at typically about five years. It can be three years as well. But a fixed rate means you're looking at that interest rate, no change, no matter what happens to the prime rate. You will always be at your rate for the next five years until you go to refinance. Uh, variable rate is an open rate that fluctuates with prime rate, and essentially you can lock it in at any time. So right now, people that had var- a lot of people that were on variable locked in at these really, really, really low rates, and they can lock it in for three, five years, depending. But most people five years, and you're stuck with that rate, but. This is a, right now the rates are fantastic to be stuck with. So a lot of people, yeah. I helped my boyfriend's mother purchase a property and she purchased back in March. She got given a rate. She just closed and she decided to end up moving it to fixed because the rate that she wow. was offered was so low. It's worth it to just solidify it and keep it for the next five years. Because even if they're going to be low until, let's say, maybe the fall or, you know, the winter of this coming year they're going to have to go back up again because the government and the banks are going to start to need some. Once the stimulus, you know, kind of fades away, they're going to need to get the mortgage rates back up to similar to what they were before.
0: For sure. I mean, and obviously, you know, fixed rate for someone who's looking for consistency and knows where they're going to be for the next, you know, five, 10, whatever years. I mean, it's obviously going to be super helpful for them to know that, okay, this is going to be my monthly payment now I can sort of budget around what I can spend on a house. And then, you know, if you're variable, I mean, I know one of the benefits that we had is that because we were selling our house before, you know, five years of of filling out that mortgage the penalty that we're paying is far less, right? Because if you break under a a fixed rate, you're going to pay a much higher penalty. Whereas if you sell under a variable rate, the penalty is much less. And Unfortunately for my wife, she only found that out because they were locked in on one of their houses and they had to sell within that five-year period and they had to pay a pretty chunk of, of, of money to do so. And so, again, those are some things that when you're talking to, like, you or you're talking to, like, you know, a Mike or something or a, a mortgage... Uh, sorry, Stefan. what do you say? A mortgage... Consultant. Mortgage broker. Mortgage consultant, mortgage broker. Cons- mortgage consultant, <laughs> mortgage broker. I mean, they're hopefully telling you these agent you know for me superman um like you're gonna you're hoping that these people are educating them around these kinds of things because if you don't have this knowledge it's hard to understand what's going to happen a few years down the road but if you know that you know this is not your forever home it's education is key knowing the different things and the different benefits to both programs or both sets of rates is going to be super important in order for you to make the best decision and ultimately help you guys the most because what you guys don't want is someone calling you after two and a half years screaming at you as to you know why is this happening and you're like well bozo you chose the wrong rate if you had told us what you wanted to do we could have helped you a little bit more down the road and so it's hard. I find sometimes you have to go through some rough stuff in order to figure out, uh, you know, the benefits, but with a team like you, you're going to save your clients that road of going through down the hardships and experiencing those things because of the knowledge base that you guys have already under your wings. Um, what would you say? Okay. If you had to give one piece of information, one piece of like, listen, before you decide to buy a house, this is the number one important thing for you to, to sort of know or understand what would that piece of information be
1: choose your finances wisely and understand where you stand right now because i think a lot of people right will use you for example you know we when we chatted about this on the first podcast is that you know when you have a set budget in mind it's so important to understand that you cannot go to the brink of just right on the edge of the cliff you need to go and give yourself yeah. a little bit of leeway leave some cash in the bank Um, So that, you know, if something like this does transpire, like coronavirus, you are prepared for it. Now, we haven't really seen the downfall of this yet on Mm -hmm. our end. We've seen a lot of buyers, but we haven't seen what's going to transpire now once the mortgage deferral gives out and that people are going to start, unfortunately, having to lose their homes um, Steph, Stephanie right. and I unfortunately just dealt with that uh, a couple of days ago where we were under the impression that we were going to be selling someone's house and they ended up getting a power of sale letter and uh, it's a, it's a sad thing to you know really have to you know for us I mean it's not our money but I mean still at the same time you know we empathize with the situation that we're that they're in and um, right. you know I would say for them it's just you know evaluate your financial situation right now and, and, and be honest with yourself because you know Like you said, even, for example, of buying furniture, like, okay, it doesn't seem like a big thing for you, but do you see how quickly that that could escalate into something negative?
0: Or certainly adds up, And even something that
1: Stephanie mentioned, which was so smart, and I didn't even think about this, was something like going to get a car loan, you know? And, you know, someone would never think about that. That would just never cross their mind. Like, how would a car resonate with a house? But it all falls under the same umbrella. So I would say for that, just knowledge of your finances, on my aspect, I think, would be just so important
2: yeah um another thing that just kind of follows that is just knowing your credit score you know a lot of people don't right. really know but you can use something just as simple as credit karma you sign in i think you need to give your sin number and they'll pull your credit they don't give you a full report because you don't want to pull your credit report right. but it'll just give you your score and i don't think that it's exactly like to a t but i think it's really close and and to be honest a few things that you can do also to rate like i know people do are struggling with their credit score and of course the higher the credit score the better the rate you're going to get from the bank um sure. another thing that just to be wary of is increasing your credit limit so i know we were just talking about that with you and purchasing furniture but ultimately what can drop your credit score is you even just getting close to your credit limit every month can drop your credit score right. um So you actually want to be able to have like whenever you go and you put your card in at the bank at the teller and it gives you an option to increase your credit limit, always take it because it lessens the Delta every month of you putting money on your card and it doesn't raise your score because if you're only approved for $6,000 a month, let's say, and you're consistently using 5,500, it's not good for your credit health. And you know, Worst comes to worst, of course, always just make the minimum payment on time. Never, ever, ever, ever miss a payment, ever. Um, Another thing is just, last tidbit would maybe just be to make sure that you save enough for closing costs. Like Stefan said, don't get to, I can afford a million dollars and spend a million dollars. Because what about land transfer tax? If you're purchasing in Toronto, you owe municipal and provincial land transfer tax. What about your new property taxes? They're going to be a hell of a lot more expensive. With this new home that you're purchasing, if you've never purchased a home or if you're moving from a condo out to now you're moving into an area like Central Toronto, your property taxes are going to be insane. Possible repairs that you need to make on your new property. You know, you have to factor in all of those things and make sure that you've saved enough and make sure that when you go out to purchase, you're not spending every single dollar that you've approved for. It's always better to keep it just slightly under.
0: Awesome. Well, listen, I uh, don't want to take up any more of you guys' time. I appreciate you joining me for, for this uh, for this episode. Uh, thank you very much. I mean, obviously, just go through your socials really quick. If people want to get at you, where are they going to find you on, on social media?
2: Yeah, I'm at Stephanie Tufexis on Instagram. And you can find me at Stephanie Tufexis Real Estate on Facebook. And my number is 647-993-0328. If you need anything, call me.
0: Wow, we're putting out phone numbers I like <laughs> that, Stefan.
1: Yeah, Stefan Stepian for Facebook and Instagram. I don't think anyone else has my name, and uh, Stefan <laughs> at HarveyCallis dot com, and six four seven five two three six one six one.
0: You hear that, ladies? You have his number now.
2: Somebody, this handsome call, man, please
0: okay all right before we get into another episode of this podcast <laughs> and a completely different topic uh, thank you very much for joining us guys thank uh, you for, having us. for the big o podcast i'm the, your host julian ortiz have a great night everybody